this is Chris Westfall, and this is the Financial Executive Podcast. Uncertainty is not the friend of the financial executive, especially when it comes to long-term capital planning. What taxes you will pay, what businesses will be in demand, and what regulations you will face are all subject to similar uncertainty as policies and programs are hammered out in Washington today. In this episode of the Financial Executives Podcast, we talk with Robert Fry, Chief Economist of Robert Fry Economics. Mr. Fry, who recently retired as Senior Economist with DuPont and currently teaches economics at the University of Delaware, will discuss what financial executives need to know and how they can deal with the uncertainty dominating the current economic climate. So I want to thank you uh, for for taking the time today to speak with us. Um, really appreciate it. And um, what I the focus of our discussion, and what I really want to see if I can um, elicit out of you is sort of from an economist economist perspective. Um, you know, there is a lot going on in Washington from policy policy wise that um, isn't really fleshed out yet, um, you know, particularly around um, corporate taxes, um, border taxes, just all sorts of taxes. And that has a pretty big impact on, on I would assume, on how a financial executive thinks about their capital planning over the next, you know, year to, five, to three to five years. So maybe you sort of can speak about what you're seeing, uh, what you think the impact of this um, uncertainty around taxes is having on on economic behavior, I guess. Well, I think right now the the stock market is assuming we get President Trump's good policies, the corporate tax cuts and the, the deregulation, and maybe not the bad policies, uh, some of his trade policies and uh, uh, immigration policies. Uh, so the stock market's way up. They're, they're being optimistic. Um, we're, we're not seeing much progress yet in Washington on uh, on tax reform. Um, some of the deregulation can be done by executive order, so that's coming along. And but that's harder to quantify. We don't know really how much deregulation is going to help economic growth. Uh, taxes we can plug into our models. We have good models for for determining the impact of, of taxes, but uh, it doesn't work that way for deregulation. So I don't know what's going to happen. Um, what kind of impact the deregulation is going to have, but I think it will be positive. Taxes, um, yeah, it depends on what we get. Uh, I think everybody's expecting a cut in in, uh, corporate income tax rates and some change in the way we tax foreign source income so that you get uh, at least some repatriation of, of foreign earnings that are being held broad. Um, well, we'll see if that happens. The big uncertainty, I think, things like the border adjustment tax and just how big a, uh, a cut in tax rates we can uh, can get. So I, I guess the question is, I mean, when you talk to, you know, people at companies and you know, people are sort of trying to plan for this, is there any planning for it? Or, or uh, I mean, how can you build a business? How can you plan a business's financial um, you know, forecast for the next couple of years, given this amount of uncertainty. 
I think you're pretty much going to have to make an assumption about what you think is going to happen with taxes and then act accordingly. I, I think we're going to get faster growth. Um, I think the, the stock market is suggesting that. I think, think some of the other leading indicators are, are telling us that growth is picking up. Um, that may or may not have anything to do with President Trump's policies. I think some of those things were, were starting to happen anyway. Um, but you know, I think you assume that, that growth picks up for a couple of years. Um, now, some people would argue we're late in the cycle. Unemployment's basically at a level consistent with full employment. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we can't grow very fast going forward. And I look back at what happened in the late 80s and, and the late 90s when the unemployment rate fell below the Congressional Budget Office's um, estimate of the natural rate of unemployment, their measure of full employment. And in each case, GDP kept growing at a rapid rate for 10 quarters after we got to full employment. It grew at a 3.8% annual rate for 10 quarters in the late 80s and at a 4.8% annual rate for 10 quarters in the late 90s. So we can we can grow at a pretty rapid clip even from now, mm-hmm. even with the unemployment rate uh, low. So uh, I, I think things pick up. I'm looking for um, better growth. Um, especially next year. Whether we get it this year depends on the timing of tax reform. Um, if it's done so that it's retroactive to um, to January 1st, 2017, then you're going to see a pickup as soon as it's clear it's going to pass. Uh, if, it's, if it takes a while and it's not retroactive and it doesn't kick in until 2018, uh, then you don't get the growth until 2018, and then what happens is probably a lot of investment gets put off this year. We have a really bad fourth quarter and then a very good first quarter mm-hmm. of next year. I think we already saw some of that because if you look what happened at, to you know, investment in non-residential structures in the fourth quarter, it was very weak, even though um, oil and gas drilling, which is part of that uh, right. that measure, um, was coming back. So it was other investment that was dropping off. But think about it. If you're a smart CFO, um, you're thinking, all right, I can do this investment or complete this investment in the fourth quarter of 2016 and depreciate it over 30 years, or I can wait until the first quarter of 2017, hope that the tax reform is retroactive until then and expense it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a no-brainer. So I think a lot of investments got put off uh, in the fourth quarter um, by companies that thought, well, maybe we'll get tax reform effective January 1st, 2017, so let's just wait. And I think that the possibility of a border tax, the border adjustment tax, I say possibility, not probability, um, but the possibility, if you think there's going to be a border adjustment tax or might be a border adjustment tax down the road, you want to bring in the imports now. You want to accelerate uh, imports and um, and um, postpone exports. And that by itself would hurt GDP growth. Um, now, those imports should go into inventories and the exports that you don't send out could go into inventories as well. So that might offset the impact. So 
maybe if you've measured in inventories correctly, it doesn't affect GDP, but I'm not sure of our ability to measure inventories well. So I think there was some of that going on, which is why um, net exports were so weak in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, if I understand your argument correctly, there's a lot of pent-up investment uh, waiting for a signal about where to go once there's some sort of tax plan in place. Um, I guess my question is, where do you see, I guess, which sectors do you see the most uh, investment happening in? Uh, you know, where do you see the most activity? Ha- and, and I guess, as you know, winners and losers, who do you think is going to really grow over the next, uh, what sectors are really going to grow over the next uh, few quarters and who, who are going to be hit hard? Yeah, well, there's so much pent-up demand for housing um, that I think the recovery in housing lasts a long time, which means that if you're going to invest, do business investment, it could be in um, in industries that supply housing, like wood products and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, mineral non-metallic mineral products, um, stone, clay, glass, that sort of thing. Um, so that should do well. Uh, we're already seeing a lot of investment in in uh, the chemical industry in response to all the um, the natural gas liquids from shale. So we have an abundance of natural gas liquids, a lot of investment. That's coming online starting in 2017 and a lot more in 2018, 2019. Um, so that's already in the pipeline. That doesn't have a lot to do with, with tax reform. Um you're seeing a lot of drilling activity. Again, that doesn't have a lot to do with tax reform, I don't think, but, you know, perhaps it does. Perhaps they're anticipating um, a better tax regime, and that's why they're drilling. They're drilling like crazy in West Texas now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of bearish about oil prices, uh, although that's been that's already been borne out in the last three or four trading sessions. Oil was down, but I heard a... Someone from West Texas was at one of the, the speaking engagements I had recently, and he has, has a good friend in the oil business who was doing doing a lot of drilling. And he said it's going to 35. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to go out on a limb and start forecasting oil prices, but I, I they're profitable in the in the in the 50 to 55 range, and they're doing a lot of drilling in that range. So um, that tells me it can't get a whole lot higher than that, and it could be lower than that. Right. So, one thing I want to ask you is um, about um, manufacturing. You know, a big part of the policies going into um, the election was bringing back manufacturing, manufacturing investment, um, rebuilding America's manufacturing base. What's your opinion about, um, you know, manufacturing growth? Um, and do you think it's something that will also benefit from either policy or tax changes happening over the next few quarters? Well, if we have a border adjustment tax, that will definitely benefit manufacturing at the expense of uh, retailing. So we'll see how serious the president is about helping manufacturing. If it, you know, if it's just talking and cajoling some management into bringing jobs back to the U.S. You know, that makes for good television, but probably doesn't bring a lot of jobs back. But if he decides that he likes the border adjustment tax and is willing to use some political capital to back that, 
um, then uh, that should help U.S. manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not my assumption that that goes through. Yeah, you know, my uh, um, or the, the father of the border adjustment tax is Alan Auerbach, who was one of my public finance professors in graduate school, and uh, and uh, it, it's very nice economically. It makes sense. It does put us on a level playing field, but I'm not sure American consumers want to be on a level playing field. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we don't want to admit it, but our consumption has been subsidized by foreign taxpayers forever and ever, and we don't want to give that up. We don't look at it as a sub at uh, we don't look at it as a subsidy because we're so used to it. But uh, they have been subsidizing our consumption, and if we undo that with a border adjustment tax, there's going to be some Walmart shoppers who aren't very happy. Right. And you know, I know some of my other professors argue that that the dollar will strengthen to exactly offset that. Um, that might happen eventually, but uh, I think those dollar adjustments take a lot longer sometimes than than theory tells you they will. What about the whole debate over health care and not, and not getting into sort of the politics or even the outcomes of it, but just as a um, as a cost and as something that you know financial exec- executives need to plan for, how does that feed into your economic view? How can they think about that when they're trying to put together capital lines? or does it even should it even be in the mix when you, when you talk to some of your clients? If you if you're talking about financial executives at large firms. I'm not sure it's going to make that much difference. I think this fight over health care, um, I think what happened was in, in order to give subsidies through the exchanges um, to low-income people, um, and they raised taxes a little bit, but they didn't have the political guts to, to pay for those subsidies through taxes. So what they did was just put in a, a mandate and let the insurance companies run it through so that people who were going to the individual market buying insurance on their own without a subsidy saw enormous increases in premiums. So you had the people that got subsidies, they liked Obamacare. You had the people who were in the group market getting in, getting insurance through their own their employers who were largely insulated. Yeah, they saw the premiums go up, but it wasn't huge. Um, and their employers were picking up some of the burden. So they were largely insulated. The people that were buying insurance on their own, I have a, a friend who's a landscape architect, her husband's a builder, and their premiums went from 600 a month to 1300 a month. Um, those are the people that were most angry about Obamacare. And I'm sure I, mean, I, I would guess that 95% of them voted for Trump in the election. Um, right. So it's the people that run small businesses that buy their own insurance that care most about Obamacare. Um, it's not uh, it's not big companies with with CFOs that are affected very much. So I guess my last question for you is um, from keeping a perspective of if you're a CFO at a medium size or large company, what, do you, what what's at the top of your mind economically going into next year and over the next three years? What should they be looking out 
looking out for what should be the priority when doing some capital planning over the next couple of years? Well, I remember years ago, some people who were running a business were, were trying to figure out how to time investments so that they come online when the market is tight. And, uh, and basically, you can't do that. And to the extent that you want to do that, the best thing to do is to invest when the economy's weak. And and no one's going to take that advice because that's when they're they're you know pulling in their horns and and cutting expenses. So um, you know if you're not going to spend when the economy's weak, the best thing to do is just think long term. Don't worry about where you are in the cycle. Don't try to time it. Um, you know, yeah, you might build a plan that takes you three years, and by then we're in a recession, or you know, we might be in the late stages of a boom, and you might have product that you can sell at a very good price and sell a lot of it. So, uh, don't try to get too cute and and uh, try to time things. Uh, just think long term and uh, look out past the next few quarters. <laughs> 